as a practice owner, you're always looking to provide more for your employees. This is just the nature of being a veterinarian. We find that many owners start to provide cash bonuses to engage employees, but don't know if it's actually working. Join us to learn about the three categories in which you can spend dollars to improve your culture. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Sika. We are financial advisors, owners of the Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment so they can take the next step in their financial plan. For those of you listening for the first time, we have other great resources available, articles, videos, continuing education, pretty much anything you think of, you name it. We've even got video series and everything we're creating for everyone else. So when you get a chance, when you're not listening to this episode, go check us out online at our website at flvetadvisors.com. We thought we'd take a moment today to talk a little bit about business stuff. It's a big conversation we, we have with practice owners around employees, and this seems to be a really hot topic, especially in today's nature. Wouldn't you say, CJ? Well, I think it, um, it seems to be something that everly is increasingly brought up, mostly because practice owners out there are really wondering how they can compete with these larger veterinary practices or even these, these big corporations on how they compensate their employees and how they're able to build a culture that is very different than, than what those bigger companies are doing. And so that competition, right, it, it pushes them in an area where they're wondering, okay, what else can I do beyond just necessarily paying my employees? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing is where uh, I would say there's probably been several conversations over the last couple of months where practice owners, especially smaller practice owners are saying, hey, I need to keep my people like they're getting pulled away from me. Things aren't really happening. And then at the same time, trying to learn from some of the things that some of the bigger corporations that do and do not, let's say. And today we're going to touch on a three different ones of categories to think about. However, at the same standpoint, like, you know, we're going to have extra follow up to these to really break down these categories a bit more. Right. That's what, this is one of like four episodes. Cause we're going to, we're going to try to keep shorter episodes just so that we give you a little, little enough to make you think. And then, you know, hopefully you'll in the next episode, you'll just be able to click it and, and play it as you go. Now, you know, most of the time, whenever we take a client through a business planning process, at some point in that process, we're going to be uncovering how they pay their employees, how they're managing their office, right. Company culture and the like. And, you know, whereas that's not something that we necessarily will spend a whole lot of time with them on it, you know, more often than not, we're just trying to help them understand from a high level, how, how they pay their employees and how they can make small adjustments that can have large impacts, not just necessarily on their culture, but also on their profits and also on the impact that, that their business is going to have in their communities. Absolutely. The impact in your community is probably something huge that you want to do, especially you know, we've had some practice owners we talked to that they're all about making sure they can provide care for the people that are coming there. And, you know, one aspect that we always find when it comes to spending money is that you have a lot of different assets in your business. And usually your practice, it wouldn't run without the, without the right people. 
So they tend to be some of the most important parts of your business. And when you're looking to take care of them, there are different ways that you can really approach that. And most of the time when we see that where people will start off to try to enhance the type of features, the different types of offerings that they're giving their employees beyond just the hourly wage or a salary, you know, the first place a lot of people think of is like health insurance. Like that's a really good place they start. Maybe 401ks, simple IRAs instead of a 401ks because it's a little bit easier to do. Are simples are simple simple? Uh, I would say, I mean, initially they can be kind of simple because I mean, there's a little less reporting and some other different things that are required. I always found but... it funny when I, when I first learned about the simple, I was like, is this really simple? Like it's, it seems it seems just as complicated as all the other types of 401ks. And... Well, the thing is it doesn't have a K at the end. So it's not a simple K. So I guess it, maybe it is a little bit simpler, right? <laughs> <laughs> easier, easier to spell. Yeah. Most people don't know that the, the per, there's parentheses around the K for the 401k. Yeah. Right? So, well, and these things too, like 401ks, simples, health insurance, like this is like the default that most people go to. Like this is where it's really commonly discussed. There's one thing that we've always seen people do as well, just trying to bring some, some bagels in or something like that on a Friday morning or some fruits. Maybe, maybe you have more healthy, conscious employees and maybe they want fruit instead of bagels that's an area you can go or or, or you're bringing donuts oh yeah let's, let's be honest like so you know it's a little easier to go to the donut shop I, I find than it is the bagel shop well for whoever's listening right now if you love crispy creams like i love those the ones that are like when they say hot now and you drive up and you get them and then you just can't kind of like you can't pass you can't they pass just melt place. in your mouth like those things they just like disintegrate they're just like yeah, if, if <laughs> they're like, hot and ready you're not like you're pulling in let's you be definitely honest are. you're My not wife you're all not time wants me to. and einstein brothers could be right next to it and it wouldn't matter you would still probably pull in if it says hot and ready right yeah well cash bonuses a lot of people use cash bonuses like at the end of the year kind of a christmas bonus end of the year hey the business did well therefore you know here's a here's some cash and then other different things when it came to, there was actually a very interesting idea recently where uh, it was something very creative, I thought, was that uh, they bought popcorn bowls for their employees. It was a, they wanted just unlimited popcorn bowls once they hit a certain criteria or a certain mark in the metric in the business. And they were all rewarded with that type of thing. And something just like really keep in mind where I've, we have a lot of conversations with veterinarians out there where, one thing is from a, a culture, you don't want to just implement things like buying lunch or providing them bagels on a Friday because there's more to that. Because even just someone that I talked with recently was the conversation around where it's like, yes, they buy us lunch. But then when it comes to the genuineness, the connectivity that the management, the owner has with the team, it seems to like there isn't much of a, a connection and they're more concerned about, the manager's more concerned about finding another person to fill in that person for not being in work compared to really seeing how that other, the other veterinarian or their other staff is really doing. So it's important to really marry the two of those because they play a very critical part. You don't just do something, but you also have to show them that you care. At the same yeah, so you're saying like this, the, you know, this person, this employee was like, okay, thanks for lunch but I still don't feel like you're that invested, right? I don't feel like you're that invested in knowing who I am or knowing, you know, what I really want or, right? Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Well, the thing is like, even to give a little bit more color to that, where it was, Hey, I'm, I have my day off today. 
another veterinarian isn't able to be there to work. And then instead of like actually focusing on like the person who has their day off saying, Hey, is everything okay? You know, you've been working a lot. You need some time off. They're just all of like, we have someone out. I need you to show up. And they're not really providing the really connectivity with them to really like, Hey, are they fine? And like, even by going to that extra level, I know even with CJ and I, with our team, we spent a lot of time just trying to make sure that our, our, our team members are in a really good mental space because it's important, even in addition to everything else that we provide. So with planning, like it is something it's mission critical, like mission critical to coordinate your personal planning with the practice planning. So you're getting the most from your cash flow. So as you're approaching these things, like you got to really keep in mind that it's not just about, Hey, how do I keep my employees happy? But at the same time, how am I making sure it's benefiting my business and also my personal plan? Right. Cause otherwise it's a waste of money, right? You might be. be paying for benefits or you might be doing things for your employees and they, and if it doesn't really, you know, have an impact on them, whether it be an emotional impact or an actual material impact for them, like then why spend the money? Right. And, and, and if you can figure out how to construct the proper programs around how things, how people are compensated or, or around how the culture works, then, you know, that efficiency of those dollars goes up and your impact goes up. And who, I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Like who doesn't want to say, okay, this dollar, I maximized the, the impact of this dollar for my employees, my community, right? And, and, and even for yourself as a business owner, right? The, the more that that business is able to operate itself, right? You move away from what we've oftentimes called the genius model and we're moving it towards the autonomous model where your, your business is able to earn income above and beyond what the expenses are. And you don't, you don't have to be there all the time. You can step away from the business and the employees will continue to move things forward without you necessarily having to micromanage or be on top of people all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that phrase, what is it being able to work on the business versus having to work in the business all the time? That's oh, awesome. Or not work at all. <laughs> That's, yeah. To be honest, I'm, sometimes I'm sh- it's like, you know, you, you, you want to take a couple of weeks. Well, guess what? If you're, if you got the right employees and you've got the right, the proper uh, structures in place to on how they're compensated on how the business operates, then you can go away for two weeks, come back and everything's just as it was whenever you left right now, you obviously take six months off, probably going to be a different story. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people know some people have actually able been able to build their business where they could leave for six months, come back. And it's, it's just as it's always been. So, yeah, so you know, making like, like Tom said, it's mission critical to coordinate that personal plan with the practice plan so that you're, you're maximizing the use of every dollar that, that comes through because for every, if, if for every dollar that goes in the business, it doesn't, that's another dollar doesn't make it onto your personal balance sheet. So if it's not making it on your personal life and it's not going to your lifestyle and it's not going to your future, then it, it better be going to somebody else's lifestyle and somebody else's future. That's, that's going to make a difference within the business. So let's get down to the three R's. Three um, R's. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Well, I always feel like a pirate, like R. Like, R. And now everyone's going to remember it probably. Cause I said the three yeah. R's. But yeah. You gotta, um, you gotta, you gotta imagine the eye patch too. You know, oh, should I, should I have worn one today with your, with your, uh, your hook arm I would have gotten more in the mood <laughs> if I had one right now. I patch. So look, Although I probably wouldn't be able to read my notes. Yeah. We're not going to give you, for those of you listening, we're not going to actually give you the specifics that fall in this, but we want to help define 
those three R's. And as we talk further in another episodes, we're going to give the specifics and yeah, in further episodes and further episodes. So, you know, the, the first one, when we look at it is what we call recruiting. So what, what breaks on recruiting CJ? So this can be anything that makes someone want to work at your practice over another practice down the road. Right. So, so what makes you unique as far as how you're compensating employees or what you give employees? Is it like, do you have a specific succession plan that's designated for, for the people who are coming in where they can buy into the practice at some point, or maybe they, maybe you have a, a particular type of benefit where you can bonus them certain types of, of phantom stock or different things like that. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways that you can compensate employees where you don't necessarily have to give away equity, but you can use a lot of those programs. If, if you know, if you have a vision of how it's going to be laid out, you can sometimes recruit, you'll be able to recruit vets that are looking for that kind of thing. And many veterinary practice owners pay a lot of money for benefits that no one actually wants. Like people, people try to use a health insurance and a 401k as a way to recruit and it, and it may work for certain people, but some people who you're hiring may not care that, that much, right? right. Recruiting benefits, really understanding like, okay, how do I, what is my recruiting package? What actually attracts people to my business over a business that is down the, down the road or over a larger corporation? Right. And this doesn't mean that it will keep them there. It just means that they are wanting to come work with you. Recruiting, right. Yeah, it's a recruiting, recruiting. tool. Then you have reward programs. Now, reward programs, obviously, so go, Tom, go into detail on a little bit about that. So rewarding this, I think the most common thing that pops in here is always just giving someone kind of like a bonus. Like that's the biggest thing that falls under this category. And there are so many different things that can fit within this area. And when it comes to bonuses, we find that a lot of times it's not being done in an effective way to where it motivates employees. Because think of it from a, a reward standpoint, the whole idea is that you want to motivate, you want to use this program to make sure that my, my team wants to perform at a higher level. So you're saying, and, so you're saying it's because it's not specific enough. So when you just give general bonuses, people don't know what they need to do to get that bonus. Yeah. Like think of it like Christmas time comes around and everyone gets paid an equal amount of money just because whatever the circumstances or the business did well one month and everyone just gets a bonus. Like it's a great way to make people, you know, feel excited. I think the biggest part of it all too, though, is usually when people get that after a couple of days, it tends to the, the, the novelty of it tends to just kind of dissipate. And now it's like, is it really providing what you thought it would provide to get them excited again? Or is it more of when it comes around again, they're just gonna be like, cool, thank you. Excited for the day. And then they move on. So you're so, saying they're right. So they're not engaged. Yeah. So the, like the biggest thing, yeah, of course we want to motivate and we want to engage them in a way to where they have some control over what is happening over to be able to receive this reward. And it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be money. It could be something completely different. So second R when we talk about it is rewarding. And the last R, R is retain. So we talked about like you bring them there, you, you get people excited in your business and now how do you keep them? So the first thing from like retaining, well, this is something that a lot of times practice owners are really not taking into consideration. Why would you say that's the purpose, CJ? So the retention programs are the most commonly overlooked and misunderstood. 
a lot of times people tell us, well, I'm using a 401k to retain. And it's like, well, if a large corporation offers a 401k, then how is that really retaining that person, right? When they can just go to a competitor, if a competitor has a similar type, simple IRA, whatever. So retention programs, they really follow, I would say three distinct attributes. Now, also the other part of this is most people think health insurance is a way to retain, but again, it's not because if your competitor offers the same thing, then it really doesn't, it really doesn't retain anybody. Now, there are critical people in your practice that probably should be compensated for their value and their loyalty above and beyond what you're currently doing. And a retention program is really meant to do just that. It's meant to keep those people attached to the business for a certain designated amount of time. It's not supposed to be a reward that is immediate, right? So going back to recruiting, rewarding, and retaining, and of course, we'll go into more detail as we go through these next few episodes, but you know, the, the difference between a reward and a retention program is a retention program is a deferred reward. Right. So it's not, you know, and it's, it can be tied to a profitability metric, but a a reward absolutely should be tied to a profitability metric because it, and, and it should be tied to something that they can control because then they can do something to increase the profitability, which then allows them to get the reward. And a reward is really, it's meant to be a a shorter term thing. It's not a right. Have to stick around for a long time to get it. Right. So within the next few weeks, we're going to release an episode for each one of these three R's and dive a little bit deeper into the myths surrounding them and how to get more out of the benefits that you provide. And at the same time, help your employees get more out of the effort that they put in in serving your communities. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you always listening to our episodes and being a part of our community. And if you are finding a lot of value, if you really want to help us out, if you listen to this on Apple podcast, make sure to go write us a review rate us. If not, can you go to our Facebook page, uh, write something on there just to let us know how, how you're liking the episodes or not, or if there's certain episodes you want to know more about or for us to discuss, make sure to go to our website and fill out our contact us page, drop us a line. We'd love to hear what you want to listen to more or two, and we'll look to put it in part of our rotation. In addition, look, we have a really awesome video course that we've designed. A lot of people are enjoying it. And if you're looking to find that next step, in your finances, and you're looking for maybe a second set of eyes, or you don't know where to start, we have a great video series where it's designed to help you do that. You can go check it out by visiting series.flvetadvisors.com. Again, it'll be in the description as well, but good. When you get a chance, it's absolutely complimentary to you. And hopefully it'll help you be able to take that next step. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. 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 Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Venture Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only 
only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. 2021-122615 expires June 2023.